Abner, and I'm joined by Professor Wagstaff, Venomous Vinny, Hi Toddy, Jason the McRibicola, Jason the <laughs> McRibicola. Yes, friends, we have a special guest this evening, uh, friend of the show, Jason McCullough. Welcome, glad to have you here. Thanks for having me. He's going to be recording a few episodes with us. I'll probably say that on every single episode that he's on, so uh, just be prepared <laughs> for that. Uh, We've faced a lot of adversity. He's earned it. We give him the mention each time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, nice. glad to have you. Glad to have you. So we are uh, coming in with a, another uh, documentary mash, right? You. Mm-hmm. Did I do the right homework? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Candyman. <laughs> Candyman. <laughs> so another documentary mash. Um, so my name is Grizzly Abner, and I chose American Movie. Name's uh, Professor Wagstaff here. Let me take a deep breath for my title. The title of my documentary <laughs> is Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched, A History of Folk Horror. Man. Hi. Venom is Vinny here. I chose Haunters, The Art of the Scare. And Hot Toddy, I chose direct-to-video, straight-to-video horror of the 90s. And collectively, we subjected Jason and gave him no choice. <laughs> <laughs> no just not long for the ride. I said, watch it, nerd, or don't. <laughs> so, here we are. Hot Toddy, what are we starting with? Uh, we're starting with my pick, which is direct-to-video, straight-to-video, horror of the 90s, 2019, uh, written and directed by Dustin Ferguson. Old Dusty Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> all right you want to give us a synopsis i think that was an alien well uh synopsis for mine it's about direct-to-video movies of the 90s <laughs> good good glad to have you here <laughs> oh boy uh so i i feel like a long overdue doc uh is still after watching this one because i liked it and didn't like it at the same time but uh uh, especially if you're a horror kid of the 90s and there wasn't a lot of coming out theatrically, there's definitely a whole market of uh, straight-to-video stuff that um, I guess kids now would be like, it's straight-to-streaming, but for you for kids out there. everyone in the <laughs> This was one of the most hot, toddy documentaries I've ever watched. It was, it was on brand, 100%. Was it because it had space titties? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the only part. Space studies didn't make sense. Maybe not. So, yeah. 
Direct-to-video. This is my first time viewing this one. Everybody else, first time view? Yes. Yes, yes. 100%. And time. you can find this on Tubi, right? Correct. That is correct. So our listeners... Not Tubby. Tubby. <laughs> <laughs> one Listen, Tubby. I Tubby. knew it was pronounced Tubi. I was trolling you. I was trolling you. <laughs> and now the tables have turned, darkness. Keeping <laughs> it real goes wrong. Uh, I really enjoyed the inconsistent audio in this documentary. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, like, if are we just jumping straight into the, the actual yeah. filmmaking of it? it? It's bad. The filmmaking on this is bad. The subject matter is one thing, but the editing on this is atrocious. Um, and I don't nit- nitpick a lot of the technical stuff on this podcast, but this is bad. Like, So, for instance, with a lot of documentary filmmaking, the key is you have hours and hours and hours of talking heads, answering questions, and kind of filling in you know, a lot of the gaps on stuff with this, they don't trim enough of it off. And so you'll have a talking head meander for five, five minutes before they get to whatever point, which in most documentaries would have been a 10 second sound bite. Yeah, but with they changed the camera angle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they did the office thing. Also was weird. Like you could tell at one point, uh, Kelly Maroney keeps looking back and forth at him because <laughs> I don't think she knows what to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. but that, that was my biggest frustration with it. Cause it's like two separate things because the quality of the films and your interest in those films is one thing, but then the filmmaking of the documentary is another. And that's kind of what I'm ripping on. And we had, I had picked a doc one time. It was one more, uh, it was about the uh, old Halloween costume, like the Ben, was it Ben Cooper or whatever? This, the, the, nice. the poor editing and direction of this reminded me of that Ben Cooper. Except that was more linear. Yeah. Like the audio was bad. Like they were in a loud conference, an empty conference room. It was giant. It was no mics. It was just echoey as shit. <laughs> Uh, this takes that to a, a lower level somehow, like with how it's filmed. It's pretty. It was just. It wasn't put together like a linear thought. I I, I have to agree. Uh, I was super excited for this actually. Um, I forget what channel it premiered on, but we don't we don't get it around here. Um, so I was excited to see that it was on Tubi. I actually had another doc picked, which I'll probably save for later. Um, I had to watch this three times because the first two times I was like, mm, I'll watch it later. <laughs> um, and I think one of the words, I mean, that's, I can deal, deal with, especially a documentary, I can deal with sound and stuff. But um, he would start, they would talk about a movie and then all of a sudden it would show a commercial for Puppet Master. And then it would show a clip from a movie that they weren't even talking about that I, it was definitely uh I mean, there's just no self-awareness from the filmmaker because they're literally He's poking... jump in, Jason. Yeah, <laughs> they're literally poking fun at the quality of these movies from back then and kind of the rogue nature of it and, and then making the best of the business. And But the documentary looks worse than those movies did. Yeah, I think what we're all saying is that this is a direct-to-video documentary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that they would like go into great detail trying to describe a scene from a movie and then not show the scene from the movie. It's yeah. like they didn't have the rights. Right, yeah. right. Like, yeah. I, they may have shown like a clip from the trailer, which maybe they could have got away with. But then when they're like, there's this part, and the dude comes in, and it's funny because he's trying to shoot his gun, and he, he's not even pointing in the right place, and we're topless shooting back at him. And they're like, okay, and show us the clip. Show us those titties. <laughs> it was like a drunk describing their favorite movie to you in a bar. <laughs> Much. <laughs> it really, well, it's, it was. It's, it really it's was. strange too because the talent's there, so he's got all these people he's interviewing. It is. It's. It's weird. Well, a lot of it too feels like 
listen to the guy talk about his high school quarterbacking days. I mean, like, it's mm-hmm. just a lot of back padding and not as much about the movies. It's about how great we were, um, which is kind of unfortunate because there's this whole niche uh, of the horror community specifically that loves these movies and, and that whole era of living in video stores, specifically Todd from this podcast that loved renting everything. And so there's all this kind of untapped information that they don't go anywhere near and maybe rights are part of that. But at the same time, it's like, guys, <laughs> like, and I knew what was up with when Adam Rifkin didn't participate because they keep talking about how he directed under an alias to put it in perspective. Adam Rifkin has done an interview for this podcast. Like he has <laughs> sat with one of us and answered <laughs> questions. He didn't even do this. The writing was on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it, and it seems like, like it looked to me, obviously like the people were being interviewed after hours at a con is what it looked like to me, the celebrity. So if you had them there, why didn't you have them together if they were on the same movie together and maybe have them tell the stories together, a couple of them? And why not uh, ask some questions of the people waiting in line at the con who were going to meet them so you could splice in fan things about the movies, at least, if you don't have the right... You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You you think the guy from Dolly Dearest was getting a con appearance? (laughs) That's another thing, too. That guy was at home. Yeah, he was definitely at home. Uh, how candidly to watch these guys it's almost like getting a peek at what porn directors feel like <laughs> you know, about their craft you know what i mean because it's just it's not this spielberg level obviously it's guys who are openly saying well yeah such and such was hot at the time so we were ripping that off yeah. and then going into it like you know and they they did make a living doing movies they may and and probably live fairly comfortably probably did better than me and, these, and, and but it's just very candidly like, yeah, we're ripping that off. It was and it was like a, a prelude to like the mockbusters. They weren't making mockbusters; yeah. they were just ripping stuff off. Yeah, candidly. Well, and uh, the weird thing is because like I I thought here we go because like I I love when they talk about what a movie was supposed to be. So like I like the like Dolly Dearest. I think some of the puppet masters where they get into what they were trying to do and what happened and. But then it doesn't go anywhere with that either. So, um, I don't know. I probably should have stuck with my original. <laughs> my favorite pick. part was the guy who's like, Yeah, I didn't really have friends when I was a kid. And I'm like, Because these are the movies you're watching. And, and nobody, nobody wants to hang out no with No one wants to see this. Um, that was me. Can we talk about. <laughs> can we talk about Jim Wynorski's Grecian formula that he had in his hair? <laughs> But, you know, it's fun, too, because, I mean, they're, while they, you know, 80% of the film are like, as, as Vinny said, films you don't care about, uh, there were, I mean, you know, they bring up Chopping Mall, they bring up yeah, some of those staples, good. some Jack of those, Frost. yeah, well, okay, I'll give you that. You better stop. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Frost table, I don't care. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so there was a little bit of, of redeemability for, like, I don't know. One fourth of the there film. was some trauma stuff in there. I mean, anybody can go for that Professor's stuff. Professor's favorite, actually, yeah. trauma stuff. <laughs> yes, it's actually how he got his nickname when he interned with trauma. Yes, I am all about trauma. Uh, here's the problem with this, and this is why I feel like the easiest way to to note that this misses its mark, besides the obvious, is this is only going to be remotely interesting to people who already know about it. Like, you are not going to take somebody that didn't grow up in this era, have them watch this and go, this was great. No, anybody, I'd like to go explore who, this. Todd, did you know everything they already talked about? Pretty much. Exactly. See? 
the, the, the puppet point. master thing at the beginning, but then they didn't talk about it anymore either. Yeah. Like Instead, when he talked about I got a special about this guy <laughs> talking about the location of the other studio he's working with for five minutes. He's like, it was, <laughs> it was really great. We'd walk across the street, and it was just really convenient. And I'm like, I recognize what? that address. Yeah, why in the <laughs> fuck are we doing this? Yeah, and, and and you are right. Can you imagine sitting down with, with somebody who's not into the genre, wouldn't know who Chopping Mall was or anything like that, and sat down and go, watch this documentary. They're gonna punch you in the mouth. They're never like, gonna watch a horror movie yeah, again. Like, yeah. What are you like? You're and you enjoy this. Like, this is what you're here for. Yeah. You could have done a lot more. You could have shown some VHS covers at least. Yeah, done show the like, cover art. Yeah, like this like is the, what drew kids. The whole top ten yeah. popular VHS back in the day. You could have yeah. done a lot more with this. Yeah. Instead, we heard a knock with stories. About well, and and, and most of these movies too are unrated. Like they didn't even touch on that. Like because a few of them technically weren't straight to video because some of them had small theatrical windows but that was always the big selling point because at some point i'd be like why is this unrated if it came straight to video but (laughs) and that was before the dvd era where just having boobies on a dvd menu made it unrated like it would be like 30 minutes of added footage so it's weird that they skipped over all of that i never caught on to that either i'd still have my wallet (laughs) out (laughs) cool menu like that, you still got that copy of uh, Road Trip? Yes. <laughs> I did learn a very important thing in this documentary. Ghoulies 4 was oh. supposed to be a direct sequel to Ghoulies 1. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know that. As someone who loves Ghoulies, kind of, <laughs> to, to learn about Ghoulies 4. That was... like, isn't Ghoulies 4 one of the, the famous worst ones that's ever been covered? Easily one of the worst films we've ever covered. Yeah. Worst. Yeah, yeah. So direct sequel. So you know. Yeah, which also doesn't make any sense. <laughs> doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. If you watch both those movies, that doesn't add up at all. Well, it's weird too because the first three had been cohesive. <laughs> it hurt you to say that. Yeah. <clears throat> so, all right. We talked about the real world camera angles, right? We did, we did on Microsoft. Tiffany Shepard yeah. looking to her right nine times. So awkward. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't think we need to labor any more time on this, except for uh, evil tunes popped up in this documentary, and I <laughs> Let's really go down Robert's uh, weird journey here. Yeah, real uh, I had <laughs> a, a real problem with the Mandela effect because I was positive that we had covered evil tunes for this show. We have not, so I don't know why I watched it. I don't know where I watched it. We know why you watched it. I've seen evil tunes. And it's a it's a it's a poor man's horror version of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and uh, much rape, much yeah, rapier. Oh well, <laughs> checking out now. Uh, evil evil <laughs> tune like evil tunes came out right after uh, Cool World or right around that time. Todd, did we watch Evil Tunes together? I did not watch that nasty with movie your with off. you. <laughs> yeah, it's probably one that you'd be like, uh, Todd, pick this out. <laughs> what was I, the movie that you guys tried to put on me? That it was like playing. What was the goofy? Titty movie with from space. <laughs> Which space one? There you go. What is happening you right brought now? that to the house. <laughs> I I don't. I'd never owned a copy of that. Yes, you did. That was Vinny or somebody cool that owned a copy. Vinny, who I, I do have a copy of it. Exactly. Oh, did you bring it to the house? I've got a copy. Uh, but you, he brought it over. You guys find blame out who's me for watching. Maybe. <laughs> who it framed was, Roger Rabbit? Because mine's signed by Gonzo. Oh, tight. Who framed Todd? Which is anytime there's a titty movie and you guys are trying to like, well, Todd made us watch it. All right, so uh, wrapping up direct to video. Any final <laughs> thoughts here? 
<laughs> I didn't make you watch Evil Tunes. It did bring back some horrible memories I had from a cinema wasteland years ago <laughs> when Lloyd Kaufman popped on the screen. Uh, <laughs> I was Sergeant Kabuki Man once for their booth. And then afterwards, oh, we, really? we went to party at their... They never stayed at the hotel. They stayed at the hotel Did you take a like shit a on me while I was trying to get an autograph? <laughs> Maybe. But uh, we, we, they just say, hey, we're going to go party at the hotel. We open the door, and there's Lloyd Kaufman, nude as the day he was born, just going to town on a lady. And he's he, he looks over and yells, shut the fucking door. <laughs> closes the door. And then it was like, well, party's over, guys. <laughs> we just dispersed from hey, there. Hey, uh, that's the best story that's ever been told on the podcast. <laughs> I just wanted to get Over my. 200 episodes. I needed to get that out of my head because as soon he, as I saw him, I was like, "Oh no!" Was he dressed again. as the Toxic Avenger? No, he was. I'm you, he was completely nude. Oh. It was horrible. He didn't have like. It would have been cooler if he had his socks on. You're right. <laughs> I well, almost, that beats the Clifton Collins whiskey story. Not that I want to picture him, but I would think that he at least had those like those sock things, like the the men wear to keep him up, like the the garter. <laughs> yeah. The, the garter next socks. day, I got him to sign a Citizen Toxie DVD. And he just winked at me whenever I paid him. <laughs> Did he sign it? Get the fuck like out of here. The, like no, the... He didn't even know the line from his own movie. I said, I want you to put this line on there. He's like, what's that from? I'm like, it's from this movie. I like that you were Sergeant Kabuki Man for their booth and you had to pay for a fucking DVD. <laughs> yep, that's 100. Yep. That, is, that is Lloyd. Oh, man. All right. I realize right of this group who our Lloyd Kaufman is. <laughs> <laughs> Todd, what's the next movie? He threw me off. Our next movie is Hunters, The Art of the Scare, 2017, written and directed by John Schneitzer. All the people were in camo in this one. Yeah, folks, I'll make it, it it's, uh, make more sense to you. We're doing this in a horror podcast. It's Haunters. What did I say? Hunters. Said Hunters. I thought I said Haunters. You got me drunk. <laughs> All right. So, I picked this one. Uh, I picked this one because number one, I, I've seen it before, and it's it's my favorite kind of documentary. Uh, documentary we've, weirdos. We've already covered uh, American, uh, the American Scream. Okay, I was yep. just getting ready to ask. I'm glad you because every I, time we've done one of these shows, I think there's been a document that has American in the title. Well, because I was confused because I thought we had already done this movie or watched this movie, but that was the that was the other haunted house movie. Yeah, okay. the American. I, hope, I would hope you can one. differentiate. So I thought so we had watched this so we one got already. More documentary weirdos in this one, which I is have, my favorite. And game. I've got another one lined up. I have never, <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen this one before. So, and I, uh, I've worked in haunted house before, and so I just like this one. I want other people to watch it so I can talk about it. Experience with it, folks. This was easily. I've I've watched this four or five times. So yeah. Because I, too, love the haunt industry. So, well, you yeah. have the weird S&M thing we have to walk through in your garage, so <laughs> you can see your inspiration. Uh, Lifting what, weights in a gimp mask. <laughs> what Toddy is talking about is I have a... No, don't clarify. No, Never let Thank him you. know your fears is all I'm saying. <laughs> I once had to try to escape a Walmart plastic bag wrapped over my head while I entered. Well, I poured pixie sticks down his face. <laughs> What's happening right now? Uh, Roll with a button. So, <laughs> yes, it follows a few different haunters. Not necessarily, they're not all home haunters. No. Um, you know, you kind no, of There's think, some professional haunts. Yeah, there. like Blackout and Not Scary Farm and things like Those that. Are, mm, mm, mm. But, uh, yeah. 
This is the first time viewing for me. It kind of felt like the American Scream, but people I don't want to know. <laughs> yes. That is on point. Jason, this, have you seen this, American Scream? I have seen American oh, Scream. Oh, yeah. good. I've seen this a couple times. Yeah. I really enjoy, like, because I've home haunted for years and then, like, moved to now I do a museum. We, oh, yeah. We decorate. Yeah, so. Plug it. Plug it. Tell them about it. It's the just the Adams County Historical <laughs> Society. And it always has a different name, whatever the haunt, you know. Speaking whatever. of Adams County, can you get me out of a speeding ticket? I'm working on that. <laughs> okay. God, I'm working on that. Thank you. Uh, also, I'm not going to sleep with a cop. Also, I tried. But uh, that's how I got the ticket. Can uh, For speeding? Uh, so, yes. He's going too fast. Well, I was speeding, but I was I trying to sleep with him. I think car. that's how I got the ticket. Uh, your haunted house, though, is it, uh, is, it, is it the fun haunted house, or is it the weird... We kind of, it's right in the middle, so you know, we're just trying to raise money for the historical society, so we keep it like $5, and just, you know, it gets scarier as you go through the house, that way kids have chances to escape, you know, if they don't like so it. So I don't so. tell you my fear, and you make it come to life. Do you make, no. do you make people eat their own barf? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'd also don't make employees pick up someone else's barf and throw it in the... The person's face. Jesus. That's an allusion to the documentary we're talking about, folks. We're back on track here now. Uh, Long way around, but here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Professor, what did you think about it? Oh, yeah, you already said. Uh, Todd, what did you think about this? I I liked and disliked. I I did not like any of the... Like, that guy was too much. Like, I love... (laughs) Yeah, I was just going to ask. We're going to spend some time on that. That guy's rough. Well, you know, like, I love horror movies. I love haunted houses. But he... You're killing the fun for anybody. Like when when somebody's asking you to stop, like like he's a whole other level. How they've not gotten in trouble, I don't know. But yeah, we'll we'll go further into that. But. <laughs> no one knows what the fuck you're talking about right now. Well, the listener. Well, like, that's what is this guy? That uh, talking about? that's just me in general when I talk. <laughs> but uh, so before I let uh, Vinny introduce maybe some of the main characters, uh. One interesting thing is right at the beginning, it says that 32 million people a year go through a haunted house. Mm. 32, that's 10% of the U.S. population go through a haunted house every year. That's pretty solid. That's I know who one of them is not. The professor. <laughs> he ain't doing it. Yeah, not, not my bag. <laughs> not, not my thing. Remember, Abner, that he is scared of snakes. That's a huge part of it. <laughs> yeah. And they are frequently at these things. And now I've got this red-tailed boa constrictor. <laughs> Better have that safe lock. Let me lock the door. Uh, can I just uh, briefly say, I've never seen him run so fast. As uh, Was that a Days of the Dead? Where were we at? Yeah, it was, it was listen, I'm just going to be honest here. It was in Chicago, and I actually <laughs> shoved a woman. Uh, you shoved a woman and Paul Servino. Yeah, I just yeah, I just met Paul Servino and came around the corner. Polly, you pushed Polly. Yeah, and uh, it was a massive snake, and I went, "Nope, God damn it!" And I shoved a woman that was in front of me just to get away from. Does it. the size of the snake matter? Doesn't matter, but that didn't help. Um, terrified him, but that's frequently what doesn't take me through there. And I don't like an environment where it's normal for people to touch me um, and be in my space. So that's kind of why the combination of the two things now. If one of you guys, like for instance, I'm if we all went down over to yeah, touch your, thigh, say, your inner thigh, if one of you, like if we went down as a group to support you, I'm fine going through it. Like I don't have a huge phobia of them; they're yeah. just not my thing. Right? You want to, you want to tell us about some of the main players? So the I, I'm not going to tell you any of the names because I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> except that's, one, uh, I wrote except down one. two. Uh, so they spotlight a few people who work within the industry in in various capacities. Uh, you have a guy who. Does a home haunt with his family who who uh, 
has yearnings of possibly going pro. And Donald. His completely unsupportive wife who hates everything that he enjoys. (laughs) I normally wait until we record to share any opinion on anything about these things. I even texted Vinny about the wife. She was getting under my skin so bad. Yeah, she she's dreadful. Uh, so there's, there's which part was it? The three hundred dollar budget she gave him. Just that every time he expressed any joy for something, her immediately being condescending and just a fucking asshole. And constantly it. stroking him, like, but we're gonna get over that next year. Yeah, Maybe and, he's then, not gonna and do then that laughing about it. That is that's why. I'm Remember, single. we don't talk about Halloween after that's October. The, that's the guy that gets forced into pajamas at Christmas because he's like, I have to do this. Yeah. yeah. So we've got we've got that guy. And then we have another woman who has been a haunt actor for years and years and years. And Char Char Mayer. She, she's kind of in the twilight of her uh, of her acting. She years. seems like the local lady that in- introduces the teenagers to cool beer and Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> yes, <laughs> an overly talkative woman at the farmers market. Yes. <laughs> I just came here to buy some honey. I don't need this story. And another major player that that honestly becomes the discussion about the entire documentary. Yeah, kind of the monster energy drink of the haunt community. <laughs> it's even nice that you would say monster and not some like shitty off-brand. Like, bang. Uh, is it Rod McCamey? Russ. Russ McCamey. Yeah. Russ McCamey. Of McCamey Manor fame. Or infamy, rather. Uh, I can tell you from going, I go to like Trans World Haunted Attraction show every year for the last 10 years as a vendor with Pumpkin Pulp. Uh, I also, I go to Midwest Haunters Convention every year, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Russ is there a lot of the times. But I can tell you from the haunt groups I'm in online and in person, McCamey Manor is the scourge of the haunt industry. The majority of the haunt industry fucking hates that it exists, because with good reason. Mm-hmm. And most of it, uh, allegedly, is P.T. Barnum. A lot of what Russ McCamey is saying is just horseshit to build up the infamy. So that's the main. Is there anybody else that I'm missing? Nope, that, that's, that's a it. Okay. Yep. What if I give you the two cans of dog food and you go go through it and come back? <laughs> Tell us about it. Uh, actually, one year I was at one, and Russ was walking through the con, and I took a picture of him and sent it to Abner and said, Hey, man, good news, I got you and your wife signed up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the times when I was watching this doc, I texted uh, Vinny and, and our friend Brian Blair, who runs Scarevania Haunted House, among other things, and I said, This dude is making people eat dog shit in his haunt. Whenever I go to work at Scarevania, I get fed whiskey. So (laughs) I think I'm going to stick with Scarevania. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's the most extreme thing. It's a home haunt. And you have to sign this giant year. There's supposedly this waiting list that's a lot of horse shit, if you ask me. But it's this extreme haunt where you go through it and he videotapes you the entire time. And you get uh, you get tortured. You, they don't let you out. There is no safe word. You are theirs for as long as they want you there. Uh, doing gross out shit. If you puke, they will scoop it up and put it back in your mouth. They'll waterboard you. Yeah. I, if you it, die, it, you die. As the one guy was like, I died. Yeah, guy's heart stopped <laughs> in the documentary. Yeah, it's a uh, pretty pretty <laughs> bad, pretty bad, pretty yeah. shitty. Weird character. He has him sign all these legal waivers, etc. Um, 
he his main gig is that he's a wedding singer. Oh god! <laughs> because part, of course he is. Of course he is. Uh, yeah, he's a uh, with his orangutan hands holding that microphone. I feel like uh, I feel like he is like an evil version of Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> he's Bizarro World. Vinny. Yes. <laughs> yeah, All handsome. They, they could have done something about this guy when they showed the picture of him in the Navy with those glasses. They should have known something was up. <laughs> the interesting thing I think about this is initial impressions of these guys look like Donald should be what we end up learning is Russ. Yes. The guy who won't take off the fucking sunglasses for anything. Mm. You would think is the guy that's making people eat dog shit. You uh, can't buy dog shit on a $300 budget. <laughs> yeah. Um, Instead, he has to wear glasses because of this. His pupils don't... Uh, they're dilated. They're yeah. dilated and permanently. Because his get brothers to, beat the shit out well, of him. I was going to say, no, we get to know his wife, and then you realize why he wears his sunglasses all the time. He's got black eyes. She gives him black eyes So he doesn't have to look at her. Um, no, I... I think it's kind of gross that he lumps himself in with this community, to be perfectly honest. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to jump straight in with Russ? that. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. like yeah. this... Man, that's not a haunt. That That is a particular interest. It's a psychological experiment at a college. Right. Yeah. Like, that's what yeah. that is. This is the Stanford prison experiment. Exactly. Like, I was just trying to yeah. think what that... Uh... And that's what I was thinking the whole time. I'm like, that's cool that you got waivers. Like, But if you're... If people are signing up for this, they want something way more than a haunted house experience. Like this is a, a niche. This is not a haunt. I asked. I mean, I get why it's smothered. I get. Who <laughs> oh boy? I get why it's included in the documentary. It's it's a different angle of this whole world, uh, but just fundamentally, I feel like this is not part of it. I mean, I get why it's in here, and it should be, but claiming you're part of this community. It just seems like no, you're you're an enthusiast for a whole different world of of the best thrills. was when his wife outs him as being the biggest wuss in the world and scared of everything. He's afraid and of he's snails, running away from snails yeah. that guys have and freaking out, and then relishing and being a prick to these people. Yeah, like and you videotaping got, it. You got these people upset, begging for in the moment, and I'm pretty sure, like, if you pan down, you'd see an erection. Like this guy's really into it. I don't know that uh, it's in operation anymore. He's moved it to try to take it other places. I don't know that it's still an operation. Every time he tries to move it, luckily people like have caught wind and they try to force city code, etc. So and typically, all it there. takes is uh, taking the footage that's readily available on his website or whatever and presenting it to a community and going, "You want this here? Good." And they're like, "Nope," because you got to think like how many eighteen-year-olds are going to look at this as a challenge and be like, let's go do it. This is cool. And one out of every five of those isn't going to come out the same from this. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like, kids yeah. will eat Tide Pods. This is going to happen. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so that's this why... This is how you get school shooters. You, <laughs> yeah, you dress this up as with that thrill-seeking angle, and people are going to try. They're like, this is actually getting into some traumatic stuff where people are actually begging to stop. And so that shows you that is the 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 juxtaposition that they give you for the industry because you have this guy but then you have is it Shar? Yeah. Who is like the old school working haunts where the haunt has a story, you know what I mean? And shit like that, which is not my flavor of haunt, but it, it that's kind of an older school thing. So it has that direct comparison between what exists and then scatters a few things on the in-between of, of what exists out there as far as, as haunts go. I wonder if someone signed up for this, been force-fed dog dog shit, and then two weeks later is at a wedding and this guy's singing a song. 
know that guy. Uh, it's like uh, the movie Ransom, where the child hears Gary Sinise's voice and just pisses on the floor. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Um, that's my biggest beef with the doc. Like, this McCamey Manor needs to be covered, but it needs its own documentary. Because outside of the McCamey Manor stuff, there's really good stuff yes. about haunts in this documentary, but it's hard to watch. Like, for example, my wife comes in and she's like interested in some of the neat stuff they're talking about with haunts. And then it goes to McCamey Manor and she's like this bullshit and gets up and walks away. Like no one wants to see that. Yeah. Like, and if you do, it should be its own documentary. Yeah. Watching this old dork getting off on pulling some. I, uh, by the I, wouldn't, I wouldn't watch a whole doc. Like it's probably smart. They put it in this. Cause that's the only reason I watch that mm-hmm. stuff. It's, it's just too it's, bad. That's that fair. It, 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 that's fair drowns out everything else well yeah because he gets at least half the airtime in this documentary i wonder if the filmmakers knew fully about his operation or if they got in there and went oh whoa now i have this is more interesting than talking to glasses man or whatever i have heard tell and i i haven't verified this but i've heard tell that the neighbor that's on there is a plant that she's an actor that's bullshit that he rigged that up that she really wasn't Terrified. And, oh, I mean, what kind of idiot would go through three times if you know what it is about? Are you talking yeah. about the one that is the risk manager? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I thought was really bizarre. But yeah, they. Uh, I've heard that she was a plant. She wasn't even. The guy's clearly great. about his own fame. Like it, he, it's he pretty obvious. obvious. Was anybody else more unsettled by his wife? who seems to be kind of half horny with all of it in, in her interviews, just kind of unaffected. And... I thought it was weird, too, when they started talking about how uh, that they, they don't have, because they talk about the the teacher and the student, like, throwing dog shit at the teacher. and But it's like, we don't have kids no more, and I'm thinking it's going to lead off that. And it's like, well, we had a guy working here that was, like, fondling the kids. <laughs> it was very weird that they had minors working this crazy haunt yeah yeah other than that uh so besides mckamey manor which i'm gonna go on record here and say fuck mckamey manor anybody else wants to go on record saying that you're not putting cockroaches in my mouth and we can uh i feel like the one guy's wife though should work for the the, the the original haunt. Uh, oh, the, the guy whose wife hated who, who, by the way, should have to go who, through. After, <laughs> isn't it like he makes some kind of money or something, and now she's on board? Yeah, he oh, finally. Now, now, oh, yeah. now they compromised. Yeah. Now that now they're all back to now. Now she loves Halloween because <laughs> yeah. he's making money. Oh, he's getting oh. that dough. Uh, Puka, the unofficial fifth host of the podcast, has come in. She has burst through the door like the dog from something about Mary on Speed. What's the what's the dog version of the McKinney Manor? <laughs> Bad girl, dog shit, dog trash, dog trash. Um, so, yeah, like they talk about blackout, which was a, a unique experience in New York City. Um, was that like Darren Lynn Bowsman or somebody connected with, with yes. blackout? Yeah, yeah. Um, which was like an, an immersive haunt, which is unlike anything else where you had to sign like a waiver and stuff like that. So that stuff's really interesting. I never knew about Knott's Scary Farm until this. Knott's, so it's Knott's Berry Farm, which is a big attraction out in L.A., like a King's Island or Cedar Point or something like that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of great stuff in this documentary, but, man, that McKamey Manor stuff just kind of drags on. I like that they talk about the history of haunts and home haunts, like Depression Era, Carnivals couldn't yeah. afford to make rides. Campus yeah. life, yeah. Campus cool. life, youth for Christ. My dad was actually a campus life, youth for Christ, haunted house worker. Yeah, and I, I keep pushing every year. I'm trying to get my campus ministry to do a haunt. <laughs> and it's so foreign to me because when we do our we do our home haunt, those are the people that show up and be like, "You need to stop this. This is satanic." Right? And like what? 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 Yeah. 
Nerds. Are, are the ones that have their own haunted house now that's like, I'm gay and I've got AIDS. <laughs> oh, yeah, the hell houses. <laughs> so, well, Haunters, The Art of the Scare. I'd recommend it. Oh, 100%. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, a good, it's well, it. it's really well made. Um, I've yeah. seen it probably three or four times. Yeah, for sure. It's it's one of my October viewings. Yeah. <laughs> I like the guy who says, uh, I can't believe he gets people to pay for this. And they're like, oh, they don't actually pay. And he's like, oh, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> he turns right away. <laughs> yeah. He had a lot of harbored hate, and then immediately he's like, well, okay. All he right. is helping greyhounds, goddammit. <laughs> By God, that's We didn't mention cause. that. Yeah, it's true. All right. Who cares if he has snuff films online? <laughs> <laughs> it's for the greyhounds. For the greyhounds. Any final thoughts? No, I, I would recommend it, especially if you like the one that we covered before, The American Scream. Okay. Which I think is a, a stronger outing, but Superior, if you like yeah. that, keep going with this. Yeah. Yeah. We did leave out one character. There's another guy who did a home haunt, and he kept making it awkward about how he said he was going to be the Red Queen as long as he had double D fake boobs. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> and he kept bringing it up, and it's like, we get it, buddy. Just, you're just a cross-dressing like, home, yeah, home haunt. It's fine. It's like, yeah, you, every year. <laughs> you're you're in drag. No, yeah. you guys don't understand. I'm a, I'm a I was dressed as a woman. Yeah, no, no, we get it. <laughs> no, we heard the first. It's time, fine. No yeah. one cares. We just yeah. don't care. Yeah, yeah. I wish you were his. I just wish you were comfortable with it. Yeah, that guy needs his own documentary, just like the other guy does. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Good. 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 Well, good choice. Thank you, Vinny. Yep. Moving right along, Hot Toddy. What's next? Next, we move along to Woodlands, Dark, and Days Bewitched. 2021, uh, directed by Kirla Genesi. Sure. Genesi. Sure. Um, and it's also a six, 60 ma- minute hour documentary. Say what? A 60 minute <laughs> My hour? mind exploded. Get what happened? Shot. <laughs> it's uh, six episodes. Each episode runs about three, four hours. <laughs> Okay, so... Uh, I love that you had to take six breaths while saying the title. I picked this just because I wanted to watch it. I've been looking forward to it. Um, and in fairness to myself, this is a long documentary, which I did not realize when I picked it, but I did get clarification before we had relayed this to Jason that everybody was okay with it. But uh, could, I'm could, I was a part of that decision. <laughs> yes, you were not. You were, um, you were not, but I felt like we couldn't say no because we forced you into watching Leprechaun. So I was like, well, that's I, we true. can't say no to you. But yes, there, there were, I'm not big on the spite picks. Uh, so this is one I was excited for, uh, but it is long. So I want to clarify right up front, I think this should have been a miniseries. Yeah. Um, mm. I think this would have ran That's much better as a five or six episode uh, streaming thing on Shudder. Um, but uh, the whole point of this is uh, a really, really ambitious um, approach to looking at the history of folklore. Um, which is more of a contemporary idea in movies, uh, but it's broken down into uh, just a series of chapters that really kind of starts with the initial crux of it and then jumps into different regions and topics. Um, so experience with this, was this on anybody's radar before we watched it for this? Nope, no idea. Never seen it. I've seen it flipping through, but never watched it. I think I saw the poster up somewhere that maybe it was on Shutter. Which it, it does have awesome artwork, so it's something I definitely would have wanted to watch. So yeah, do they have the poster at Family Video? I've never <laughs> go to Family Video if they were open. Um, 
I will say, and uh, uh, I really didn't even know the length of it till I hit Paul's, and I was like, son of a yeah, Jason. bitch. Yeah, I was an hour, hour six minutes in when I was like, you know what, I got to piss, and then I got up, I paused it, and I'm like, this is three hours long. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was then that I realized that uh, you found a doc that's the length of all all eight Leprechaun movies. Pretty damn close. <laughs> yeah, so this is one that I was very excited for. Uh, Severin, uh, the Blu-ray label, had produced this, um, and the the director had been involved with some other stuff uh, with uh, developing special features for them. So it really involved in to this documentary, and then they announced it alongside a massive box set, um, which I pre-ordered in a heartbeat. It's expensive. I normally don't blind buy that many movies, but this thing's cool. Um, it tackles... Uh, really kind of from a global angle what the documentary covers also it, it came with a full-size replica of the wicker man <laughs> yes from the wicker man yes yes i will be setting myself on fire when i'm done with the movies um but it's it's got a shit ton of movies this thing is massive but uh also this is streaming on shutter and a ton of the movies it covers are as well. So if you get interested in some of the stuff you're watching, you can branch off and see them. Um, so the first section of this documentary is broken down into what they call the Unholy Trinity um, in Witchfinder General from 1968 with Vincent Price, uh, The Blood on Satan's Claw, which Severin previously released from 1971, and The Wicker Man from 1973, which we have covered before on this podcast because... Uh, especially the Grizz and myself love that movie. <laughs> That's a great movie. Um, it's a personal favorite. Um, so with this, the only thing that kind of surprised me with what they're referring to as the unholy trinity is there was already over a decade's worth of uh, British folklore yeah. established on film. So I don't really fully grasp the approach to that other than if they're just kind of looking at it as this is where it perfected itself into the modern concept or it, yeah, or it broke into the modern consciousness. Yeah. Cause it, or the, the popular consciousness, right. And that like all these films existed and they had like cult or even smaller than cult followings. They had like people who liked them, but once these broke through, it's like, you've got Vincent price, Christopher Lee, blood on Satan's claw. Didn't really have a big name. Right. It did it. I've never seen that. Movie. I've never seen that. Movie. I have. Yeah. I've it's, seen that. Movie. It's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen the other two, but I haven't seen that one. I've never seen Witchfinder General. It's pretty. It's also good. Man. Yeah. I think is that, is that a uh, Shutter right now? I think they all are. Yeah. Is that I the one? That, is I that the one with Vin Diesel in it? <laughs> yes. yes. Vin Diesel Price. <laughs> Vin Diesel Price. <laughs> There's also, a uh, never heard of were family. Never heard of Wicker Man until uh, Nick Cage finally brought it to my eyes. So. Not the bees. Just kidding. I've never watched it. <laughs> Not the bees. <laughs> so full disclosure too, I'm going to breeze through this because there's a lot to cover here. Yeah. And if we try and do that, yeah, by everybody's going to be real sad. Taking notes yeah. the title. So the other sections are, uh, the next one is British folklore where they really kind of rewind it a little bit and take a look at stuff. Um, there is a big focus on uh, the BBC Christmas Eve specials. And if, mm-hmm. has anybody seen any of these? No, that's, no. I'd never heard of them until this. If you get the chance, watch some of them. They're incredible. Um, there is a, a import that I bought, because I didn't know much about it, that I got a couple years ago, because um, we're always looking for Christmas horror. And what they would do is they would air these things late on Christmas Eve over in England, and they some damn good Christmas... Uh, a lot of them aren't even Christmas-related, but just ghost stories. Uh, but a lot of it has... What an odd choice. Yeah. Well, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, Chris, mm-hmm. Christmas Carol is... 
yeah, the ghost most story. popular ghost story of all. True. Never heard of it. But yeah, I just it's second to the Bible. It, it's a weird custom though for families to be like, "Yes, I would really like to watch some scary as shit ghost stories." Uh, right before I send the kids to bed and wait for Father, Father Christmas. I was gonna say, Which, uh, yeah. Chris, Christmas at the Straight household usually watching uh, Troma's Mother's Day on Christmas Eve. So, <laughs> but they that the, sounds like a good time. There's one in there that they mention a little bit more than the others. Whisper and I'll come, which is oh. fantastic. Oh, cool. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Wow. Um, We're all just teenagers. Yeah, sweaty on that one. <laughs> what happens Fucking if I scream? Perverts. <laughs> um, so the next section is paganism and witchcraft. Um, Peg what? <laughs> paganism and witchcraft. And uh, it's a light overview, and they really go kind of into some of the concepts there and in folklore, uh, especially with feminism, which I think the director has a pretty storied past with, with her writing uh, career. Um, but they, they really jump more into the Wicker Man again there um, is kind of one of the ones that they highlight, as well as the witch. Um, and that's something that I really like about this documentary is they don't spend time just fixating on a couple of like three or four movies that you would expect. So that's the thing. If you do decide, like if you listen to this podcast and you're like, I'm interested now and you go watch this, you're good. You're going to want to write down about probably yeah, 10 to 15 things. Did everyone know what folk horror was like? Like, is that as a genre? Like I, I honestly didn't, I didn't know. I mean, I knew of those movies, but didn't know that that's what genre they place it in. What was interesting for me is I had a general concept of it because the Wicker Man had grabbed me so much in the past that I wanted more of that. And so I'd explored it a little bit. But with this documentary, what I realized is I had seen way more of these movies than I realized, but also that there were way more that I haven't than I realized. Like, it's just... The, I don't think I realized it was a subgenre. Yeah, I didn't... Yeah. I, I, a lot of the movies that I would have watched, I would have considered like, like, like a witch movie, or I wouldn't have considered them part of that. I think the the modern resurgence has really helped. It has. And so, like, before the, well, before this modern resurgence, like, I would say I was really into, like, what I would have called, like, rural horror. Or like hometown southern, horror for you, yeah, yeah, was, or, yeah, or southern like, gothic. What's that yes. like? Yeah, that's like Candyman or no, like uh, <laughs> no, uh, Chicago was rural, but uh, you know, like Cabrini we always joke about rural. a deadly blessing, right? Mm-hmm. When I lived in Amish country, deadly blessing technically would have been folk horror, right? Yeah, this, that's yeah. the idea. So sure. like witness, yeah, I, yeah, sure, that one works too. <laughs> so like. Uh, so I was always into like rural horror or hillbilly horror or some uh, parts of the genre of hicksploitation. <laughs> so did you just make that yeah, up? No, I promise you. How long have you been saying real thing? Were you surfing Reddit before this? <laughs> Exploitation is a thing. Um, so like I always, yeah, or Southern Gothic, as you said. So like aspects of, of folk horror, but never knowing the title of folk horror for me. Definitely. There's a, there's a line, uh, that I really, really uh, resonated with me when they're talking about Witchfinder General, where he says, "He who fights monsters needs to watch that they don't become one." That's that, a Nietzsche that really quote. Hit me. Yeah, that's pretty. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's a good Nietzsche quote. But a lot of these movies I'd never seen before. Some of them had, but I didn't really know that that was a subgenre. So it was kind of neat you were learning. But I do feel like I have some sort of college degree after watching this. <laughs> then I also felt like the way they tell this story is this what. Whenever I tell a non-horror fan about a horror movie, is this what's going through their head? They're like, what's he talking about? I have no clue. <laughs> when you try to tell a non-horror fan that they should watch The Witch, that's what you sound like. <laughs> yes. <this time>. <laughs> no, no, you don't get it. There's a goat. Has anybody else here seen The Cursed that is currently in the theater? I want Mm-mm. to. Mm-mm. Looking I saw forward it the to other, it. I, I won't spend any time on it other than to is say... Is the werewolf movie? 
Wes Craven. <laughs> Development hell for years. Uh, I would say, I would argue that that fits in with this category as well. Uh, as, as whatever the fuck we just called it a minute ago. The, uh, the name, what is it? Uh, Folklore. Folklore, there we go. I, I feel like it kind of fits into that. Um, the only thing I'll say about that movie is while I enjoyed it, I don't think I think the pacing is too slow for an American audience, and I don't think it'll be in theaters for long. It's been out for quite a while in Richmond. Americans Same do time. love saying it's Are a they slow burn. On the sequel to it? <laughs> uh, they already have one. Completely yeah, I, I, I just I would, got uh, corrected. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't was, hear the I slap would, on the mic, but I, I would say I watched uh, just in the last few years because there has, I guess, a resurgence of a of a subgenre I didn't know really existed either. Uh, but like. Like, uh, other than the studios making the same movies, because really I wouldn't be like, well, if you love Hereditary, stick around for Midsummer, Because uh, they're totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess, like, watching this, they kind of fit into the that uh, aspect. And also, um, another newer movie, Antlers. Mm-hmm. I would say kind of fits That's right into that, core. too, as well. So It really didn't click with me what it was until they showed Children of the Corn bits. Then I was like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, now I get yeah. it. Um, I really like that they point out this this stark contrast between all the folklore that was from England was about pagan history. And so, like, the history of paganism on the landscape, on the things, on the people. And so it's about that coming back. Yeah. But when you get to America, America, the folklore there and the folklore there is about crazy religious cults like because they had this religious freedom that they didn't have in the european countries they start going off to be like well you know what we came here because the lord guided us here also the lord wants me to fuck your wife what you know what i'm saying like come again yeah exactly and so it's like this idea that there's like this whisper uh, and i come So there's this this folklore that's pre-Christian in Europe, but then this folklore that's post-Christian in America. And I just really thought that was a, a really interesting point to bring up. Yeah. That that's how you know they deal with like the way that they became religious cults once they got to America. Mm-hmm. Because um, so much of it before was about the past either being just talking about the past or the past coming back. Right. And so Were you he, hard during this whole thing? Because whenever he, whenever I started watching, I was like, this had to have been Abner's play. I, Man, he was spinning a plate. <laughs> I, I was going to say, yeah. I thought that you did try to sell it, and I'm like, I'm surprised that you didn't pick this. Yeah, I thought for sure it was you. When when Professor messaged us and said, hey, man. Did you just... say that you're horny for this topic, actually? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, a, That is a direct quote. That <laughs> is a direct quote. <laughs> Professor said, hey, I'm sorry about the runtime. You guys, we can ditch it if you want to. I was like. Man, I don't want to watch a three-hour documentary, but because I'm horny about this subject, <laughs> yes, we're sticking with it. So It's factual. Yeah, there it is, laid out. The only other part about American folklore, too, is that um, interesting, too, in the way that it deals with Native American stuff. Yep. And that everything is a is a Native American burial ground. Mm. Yeah, yeah, if you're worried about it, i got news for you. Everywhere. Yeah, everywhere you stand, there are people six feet down. Um that's and it was a, that's fun. not true because once we gifted them land, they cried joy, and that's what those new history books are telling us. It's true, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was also interesting that there was a Native American or a, a tribal historian who got on there and says, "Those aren't Native American burial grounds. <laughs> that's a Cherokee burial ground. That's a Navajo burial ground. Like you can't just call everything a Native American burial ground." 
Um, it's like they asked that guy to be in the documentary. He's like, oh, I got some shit to say. Oh, he's like, he's like, I'll fuck you up with some knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> and then the voodoo stuff, that was another tie-in with colonialism. So they dealt with colonialism both in America and in like Australia and India. So that was fun. Please stop me because I'll keep going. No, it's all right. I was going to say that's, that's the fourth section of this, uh, dealing with American full core, much of which we've already hit. Uh, they, they touch on the Salem witch trials and kind of, uh, Puritan guilt driving a lot of kind of the secrecy and the legend and the folklore that is built out of that. Um, and then the last section of the film, which I think is roughly an hour, uh, which is surprising because I thought it was going to be the crux of the documentary was the global aspect of this because the box set has shit from all over the world in it. Um, and so the, the last section of it is kind of briefly touching in, in different places around the world, uh, movies that they have produced over the years, um, and kind of just very quick overviews of the folklore and where it's coming from. But I'll be honest, it's so quick that it's tough to keep up with. And you're at the, you're, you're after two hours, it's even harder to keep up with that part. So, I mean, it's, it's wildly ambitious. Friend of the show, Buff Tetro, uh, talked to Buff about this at the Guardian Brewing Company here in Muncie, Indiana. And uh, I'm just going to glaze over the fact that you know a guy named Buff. That's <laughs> <laughs> given name. That is his Christian name. Oh, yes. boy. Uh, yeah, in, in talking with Buff, that was his biggest gripe about the film, is that they just compressed global folk horror to that last, barely third. Right. And just almost just relegated it all to English and American colonialism, rather than letting those cultures be their cultures. Right. When a lot of the vibe of the documentary had been about how we always focus on that colonialism. Yeah. And then that's what we did in the documentary. So I, <laughs> that was my biggest complaint is I would have much preferred. Cause like the British stuff, I knew most of those. I, like I didn't need as much time spent on that. I, I wanted to see more of the world stuff, but the cool thing is, is a lot of those are on shutter right now. So you can at least explore the movies. Yeah, I definitely. They definitely gave me a list of. I mean, I started writing down movies that I hadn't seen. It definitely gave me a list of movies to watch. I, I do love that they uh, they they did briefly talk about Lair of the White Worm, which is a, a yeah, crazy, Ken crazy, Russell's crazy movie. movie. Yeah. that thing is wild. Yeah, anything Ken Russell does is going <laughs> to yeah. be nuts. Second best to his film Horror. Um, just <laughs> two movies I, I would like to recommend that aren't as common is Eyes of Fire and The Reflecting Skin. Eyes of Fire is from the early '80s. The Reflecting Skin is a Canadian movie with Viggo Mortensen. What's that about? And vampires. It's <laughs> awesome. Uh, so those are my two random recommendations from this thing. But it is a gigantic-ass documentary, and I thank everyone at this table for sticking with it. I am a big uh, one. eagerly in, waiting for the sequel for uh, the Whisper and I Come, which is Scream and I Unload. I can't wait for it. <laughs> They already made that. <laughs> Don't Google it. Really stuck on that one. <laughs> I also... Think it t- took me the length of this thick of it. I also, say length or thick. I also want to thank everybody for thinking that I chose this because I have lived into my persona of the mystical hillbilly enough mystical. that you all thought that <laughs> I did. Mystical hillbilly. I, I, uh, I actually... If it doesn't get inscribed, I'm chiseling that into your tune. I, I actually pictured you watching this doc in the dark in like this weird camo swamp thing costume. <laughs> He's in a ghillie suit. <laughs> in a ghillie suit, but with a weird like hillbilly moonshiner cartoon hat on. 
man. So Ooh, I would recommend this to anybody that's interested. Maybe not just anybody, but if you're even slightly interested, it's a really well put together documentary. It is. Um, and yeah, the beauty of really it, good. with it being streaming right now, you can watch this at your leisure. I was gonna, if if I uh, if I wasn't watching it with uh, along with everything else that we had to watch for it. If I would have broken it into parts, I think I would have absolutely loved this documentary. I think that some of the choices that we chose for this one are are entertaining, but this one, I think, it, not that it's not entertaining, but this one is actually very educational. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. I mean, not just from a film perspective, but from a cultural yes. perspective. Yes. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, I feel like if you did that paper on this in college, like you'd get an A. If you did it <laughs> right, like, for sure, it's pretty solid. Good, good, good. And yet another. Uh, Movie like uh, we realize that you're Satan of the group because he's constantly influencing our picks for things that he wants to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He's a mystical hillbilly. What do you want? I'm just yeah. scattering bones and tea leaves <laughs> and spreading them out. What's uh? I'm not sure if there's a a word for it, but uh, country voodoo. <laughs> We're gonna come up with it. It's it, right over your shoulders, my hillbilly it's tarot just card shell, set. shell casings and corn nuts. <laughs> Did you say acorns? Is that a tarot card set with uh? I literally have a Larry the ca- is Larry the Cable Guy death? <laughs> no, it's Phil Robertson. <laughs> Richard Petty's the king and Elvis. <laughs> All right, moving right along. Coming up to our last one by again, again, Professor. Thank you for choosing that. That was a treat. Is a good. Is a real treat. Uh, hey, Todd, what's our final film? Our final film is American Movie, 1999, uh, directed by Chris Smith. Uh, yeah. Boy, what a dream. Wow. <laughs> it's been a, I, this is my first time watching this, and, uh. Whoa. Yeah, it's my first time. I had friends really? recommend it to me before, and I'd never oh. seen it before. What an honor. And ten minutes in, I'm like, what in the world are we watching? <laughs> yes. And then after that, it, I mean, I had a lot of fun with this documentary. I laughed a lot. I have never watched there it There's a lot of great characters in this. Because we started watching it and probably started watching it really late or whatever. And Todd got bored. I never finished <laughs> watching it. <laughs> I had too many Reese's Pieces. <laughs> so I pass out from candy. I, I was with uh, Joe Barker one night at Blockbuster. And I think we, it was like buy one, rent one, get one, or something like that. And we were getting Beer Fest because Beer Fest just came out. And by the way, love Beer Fest, Broken Great Lizard. Movie. Speaking of three hour movies. Yes, three <laughs> hours. And and we were looking, and, and I remember, I've seen this cover art forever. These two weird dudes on the cover. And we were like, oh, it is a documentary. And we were older now, and we, we were into documentaries. We were in our early to mid 20s. We're like, let's get it. Why not? And just did you get it because it was free, or did you get it because you because it was free? Okay. Yeah. Have you so met, have you met Robert? <laughs> and it changed my life. <laughs> this, is, this is easily in my top twenty documents. Right after this, did you apply for a Mastercard? <laughs> <laughs> I, I applied for a master's program uh, in education. Um, man, American movie tells the story of uh, Mark Borch- Borchard. How, how do you pronounce it? Borchard. Borchard. Yeah, I think that's how Mark it. Borchard up in uh, Wisconsin wanted to make a film. He he originally had been working on a film called uh, was Coven the original film. He, he yeah. yes, he goes back to Coven. 
COVID. That's right. COVID. It, it's COVID. Yeah, COVID. I mean, he, it's COVID. He's trying to make Northwestern when we first meet. All right, Northwestern is what the documentary crew is there for. But when they get there, he's like, man, oh, man, I got to finish this. I got to do this or that. There's a lot of that. He's in the trying to finance it is what he's saying. Yeah, so he so, needs to finish and so distribute. I need to put this movie out in order to finish Northwestern. And we all have friends that do that. Well, yeah, that's kind I'm of the sell three thousand units at fourteen ninety five to make my money. <laughs> so they're there to film the making of Northwest. Step one, but we have to go back to, for him to make Coven, which he pronounces Coven because Coven sounds too much like Oven. Um, and we just follow the it's story. such a Milwaukee thing to do. Yeah, too. the story of this wild independent filmmaker in Milwaukee. Um. I feel like this is such such a crazy ass documentary that it almost feels like a made up movie. Yeah, yeah. Because he's constantly like, "Well, it's not just I've him. got to get this done. It's I've not- got to do it. <laughs> I got drunk last night." <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the combo of him and his friend Mike. Uh, Mike yes. seems like a character from a movie. Mike Shank. And I love how they pronounce vodka as vodka. 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 I was really excited because there is somebody I could drink vodka with. <laughs> <laughs> But it tells you everything in the first five minutes of the film where they're, like, covering his woes. And he's like, man, I fucking owe this money to this many people. Fuck, I owe this much money to these people. And then he goes, oh, kick fucking ass, a new MasterCard with a $2,000 limit. That's always That's the first thing I think of. I was like, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> and he, he was like, see, things work out, man. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm out of money. Oh, look, my bank account got hit with a child support check. Oh, man, it was, I think, what draws you in. And so I go back to Vinny and I. Uh, Vinny and I talk about being documentary weirdos. Like, we're the weirdos who love watching weirdos. And that may be our spinoff podcast someday, <laughs> um, is documentaries. Like, because, like, this dude is so overly confident and charismatic that he draws you. Like, he could have been a televangelist in a different life. <laughs> like, because you just, like... Well, he's he's pulling people in, right? Like, people believe his bullshit. It reminded me of somebody who's so smart that they're dumb. You know what yeah. it reminded me of this time? Trailer Park Boys. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah. that's <laughs> very true. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Professor, your experience with this film. Uh, I had watched this many, many years ago and hadn't been back to it in quite a while. Ooh. So it was a lot of fun revisiting it. <laughs> and it was a very different experience watching it as someone who's... Uh, existed longer on the workforce than I did in public school at this point. <laughs> like, when I watched this back in the day, this was more comical than it was sobering. Some of the stuff now... Yeah. Yeah. A little different. Well, that's the thing, and that's the thing too. Like, you talk about, <laughs> we all spend a lot of time at cons. We've been around people like this. Mm-hmm. And we've also, like, supported some people like this and then, like, watched it go down in flames and been like, Ugh, and then the handler that had to walk this person out of the door. Yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. You gotta leave. And so, yeah, man, it's like it's it's more sobering than comical now, um, but still, I mean, it's still fun. I mean, especially for the quotability. There's there's, there's a lot of there's good, nonstop yeah. quotes in this. It's, there's a lot of bittersweet moments in it where you're like, oh, he's doing no, no, he fucked <laughs> it up again. Yeah, <laughs> yep, shit the bed. Yeah, I think the thing about this as I watch it is. Is he putting on airs a lot, like, for the camera? Or do you think he's like that even when the cameras aren't on him? 
I think he's putting on airs, but it, the camera has nothing to do with it. Okay. I think he's always doing that. Okay. He's always he's, he's, he's got a goal. Yeah. In We've mind. all known he's, these. Yeah. It's going back to Russ McGee. You can tell by they the way want... he talks to Bill. That's a hundred percent completely fake. That's but that's how he talks to everybody. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like they want the glory, but the hard work that gets there is one thing. But being judged for it is another. It's like finalizing something and getting it out there for people to accept. This hit different, and as you said, now that I'm an adult and I have known people exactly like this, yeah. it hits a little different because of that. I found this inspiring and humorous when I was younger, and I still have a lot of that, but it's also incredibly frustrating. You tell me that yeah. I need to grow up. <laughs> well, no, I just see a lot Jason, of. Jason, we've invited you here tonight. <laughs> I see a lot, of, a lot of people supporting somebody that they don't necessarily believe in. Like, they're giving a lot of money. Uh, I like to this the, guy who who's not fully respecting that opportunity. I love the Uncle Bill. He's so yeah. good. Uncle Bill is giving him money, but shitting in his mouth the yeah. entire time. <laughs> Uncle Bill where, was the revelation. Uh, like, yeah, that'll be the day. Yeah, that'll be the day. You gotta say it. You gotta you gotta believe what you're saying. He's like, uh, I don't believe anything you're doing. <laughs> I don't believe anything. It's all right. It's okay. <laughs> Jesus. Take, take 37. I'm not doing this anymore. It just, just keeps making Bill mix drinks, and he goes, mm, it's got a good taste to it. He uh, said, Bill, you want some peppermint schnapps, schnapps. Peppermint schnapps and Sprite? <laughs> yes, I would. He lights right up. <laughs> yes, I would. In the saddest Thanksgiving you've ever seen in your life. Oh, Bill. He's That's a wicked-ass toenail, Bill. Like, there are some parts of it where, like... Because, number one, you're like, man, you're using the fuck out of this sick old man. Mm-hmm. But then, on the other hand... He's bathing him. The way he interacts with Bill, though, like... He... You can tell he enjoys Bill's company. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, because those are the moments where Bill just comes off as less just a fucking grump. Is when he'll crack a joke and he'll start laughing. And then he tip Bill... Let's let's the facade drop and giggles too about it. You know what I mean? But yeah, old boy gave him a bath, gave this old man a bath. A son. drunk bath. Yeah, a, tr- a Bill, drunk bath. A drunk bath. Look at my legs out tub. <laughs> no, Bill. Man, Uncle Bill. Especially the way he bullshits. Like, well, I don't know, Bill. About the the five grand. Take a look at this picture. She wants to be in your movies. Says, Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like he plays. Bill like a fucking trumpet. I just love how they think they're. I think they're like trying to smooth him a little bit. Like this is a when Mike goes. This is a new drink from Coca Cola called Surge. <laughs> I think that guy was just really into soda. He's a collector. Yeah, a connoisseur. I am Bill. <laughs> Todd, Todd will be our Bill. <laughs> That'll be the day. That'll be the day. Todd, you want some? Want some candy? <laughs> yes. Todd, it's three grand for our film. You got more candy? Which is why I don't do Kickstarter, because if you're not giving me a bath, I'm not giving you a dollar. <laughs> but this is going to be a bath level at the Kickstarter. This is a great doc. I've seen this several times, and it's been probably knocking on a decade since I watched it last. And just one of my favorite parts is when, is it Mark? Is that his name? Yeah. Where he's drunk. Watching the football game. Oh yeah, and he, the Packers win. And uh, he's every fucking factory worker is gonna fucking go down just like that. And his dad comes in. He's a grown ass man. He, his dad walks and goes, uh, "Mark, that's enough of that conversation." 
<laughs> dropping <laughs> F-words next to his mom. And then she's like, he'll be okay tomorrow. And he's like, yeah, I'll be okay. He's pittering around the kitchen like you. Yeah. It's like, hey, you fucking 30-year-old cunt. You live with your parents right now. And you because sleep. your three kids and your old lady over there, like, quit uh, acting like an asshole to your mother. Oh, yeah. This whole, like, this his whole life is a train wreck. Oh, yeah. I, oh, think, yeah. Uh, I think one of my favorite scenes is when they're they're filming the movie. And it's supposed to be this weak ass oh, the, board, the and it keeps framing the actor's head in the door. <laughs> I don't want to gloss over the uh, the villain actor that's posing for the picture. <laughs> the old the, man, the local theater guy who is, is the most serious person in the entire thing. Like he, that dude, it, he, I am an actor. That, like, that feels it, like it a character comes, you could do. Oh 100%. yes, oh yeah. He seems like. A character. Like That's that. your next character. <laughs> yeah. The aging the local theater local guy. Local theater guy. Exactly. Start showing those up uh, when they're doing Rocky Horror Night. Uh, that guy's great. I'm sure he's long dead by now. But that guy's fantastic. <laughs> when you even look him in the eye, he's like, well, it's pronounced Coven. <laughs> well, it was pronounced Coven. Nah, man. Maybe. Coven's it's too much like oven, man. It's like our Maybe berets. Maybe should put an umlaut in there. Are berets legal in Wisconsin, thing? sir? <laughs> yeah, can we point that out? As a, as a Packers fan myself, I'm tired of these kind of Packers fans making it into some sort of film. <laughs> this guy this guy is a, if you know the term, it's a Scani. So a, a hillbilly in Wisconsin, get it from Wisconsin, yeah. it's a Scani. If you're a hillbilly in Wisconsin, you're called a Scani. I think he can't be one because he's local, so he's more like the trailer park boys sort of thing yeah. in, the ta- in being in an thanks, urban setting. Thanks for taking me to hillbilly school. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you about Arkies and Scanis and Upers. They're fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know those. Yeah, those uh, people are weird. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he's so like, he's wearing like Packers sweatshirts, and he, you can tell he probably gives a shit. But like when they win the Super Bowl, he's like, "Come on, man, we gotta go to the fucking bar, man. People are gonna be fucking partying." They're like, "Oh, Mark, we gotta go to work in the morning." <laughs> I like that. I like that his buddy, who is an ex drug addict, and it has gotten himself clean, except for his lottery addiction. <laughs> Won fifty dollars that he wasn't gonna tell him because he knew he'd be trying to bum it, and he's like, uh, "Won fifty bucks today. What, what should we spend?" And he's like, "You get a case of beer." <laughs> he's like, "I don't really want to buy beer." A case of beer. And Mark says, oh, "I don't either, but if you buy it, I'll drink it." <laughs> like, the, the guy who doesn't, you want trying to get the guy to buy beer who doesn't fucking drink. Yeah, what old, an asshole. Can we talk about Mike? <laughs> Oh. Mike, who, who, who's quiet and talks just like Vinny did throughout the whole thing, but then it's his turn to scream for sound effects. <laughs> and Fantastic! He wakes the fucking dead. Yeah, yeah. like it, it. It still gives me goosebumps every time he screams. <laughs> like that man has stuff deep inside of him. Yeah, yeah. I love when he whispered to the camera at any time. <laughs> when they're out filming in the woods, and he turns to to Mark's mom, he's like. Can you bring my my Dr. Pepper? <laughs> I like that he won the lottery and can't stop beaming <laughs> to the point where Mark knows something. Like, well, what's going on with you? Ah, nothing. <laughs> okay. We got to talk about when he ta- tells his L- or LSD story <laughs> in the hospital. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> where he tried to take it again. Like, hadn't it poisoned him? And then he was trying to take the rest of it. I woke up in the hospital. <laughs> Apparently, I passed out. I need to take the rest of my LSD. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, so oh if you haven't seen it watch it if you have seen it watch it again oh what a classic his mom's from like germany and so like she's got this sweden sweden, sweden that's yeah. it that's it and uh and <laughs> he's like mom 
you got to help me film today. Oh, Mark, I have so much to do. <laughs> Mom, I'm done. I'm ruined. I'm ruined. I'm fucking tanked. If you can't help me <laughs> film today, just just the shits. <laughs> just so awful. I like when he tells the story about uh, you had to clean up the bathroom and someone else shit on the floor. And he's like, that's a prof- profound moment when you're staring at another human shit. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. American movie. Can't recommend it enough. One of my tops. Yeah, it's it's so good. Finally has his big premiere. Bill gets to go to the big premiere. Yep. Bill does pass away before the end of the film, so we got a little tribute to Bill. Uh, yeah. And he he pops up and stuff because he's such in the, the, the cultural lexicon now that, like, he was in, like, Cabin Fever 2, which don't watch Cabin Fever 2. It's awful. But, like, <laughs> he pops up and stuff. People put Mark Borchard in stuff because they're like, oh, this guy, he's just... It's Mark, man. You got to put yeah. him in stuff. So for me, he's not even the star of the movie. I would either say Mike or Uncle Bill. Yeah, the star for sure. Of the show. For sure. That's great. Uh, one last thing. I forget this line where he's like, "Man, it, I love when they catch him in the morning and he's fucking hung over like multiple times throughout the doc." He's like, "Man, he's like, I'm so fucking pathetic, man." He's watching fucking Casablanca last night, sucking down peppermint schnapps, and I'm trying to fucking call Morocco, man. You believe that? I'm calling Morocco. I'm trying to call the fucking Tangiers Hotel, man. How fucking pathetic is that? I'm going to have to pay that fucking bill, too. Imagine this man. This man with three children sucking down peppermint schnapps, trying to call the Tangiers Hotel in Morocco because he's watching Casablanca. Wow. Knows how to have a good time. (laughs) Who's going to mix that? What do you have? A Sprite or 7-Up? My God. Sprites, we gave it to a good taste. It does lead to him drunkenly eating that turkey leg, which is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Yes. American movie. Tune in. Hit too close to home for some of my family members. (laughs) (laughs) All right, friends. Well, it's been a lot of fun. We've had some good documentaries to talk about this evening. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here signing off for the Midwest Monsters Podcast I'm one of your hosts Grizzly Abner and I'm joined by Professor Wagstaff Venomous Vinny Hot Toddy Jason the McRib McCullough (laughs) Stay (laughs) scary Scary